Well, today is the day we celebrate as Palm Sunday, and uh, it's kind of a, in the Bible, it's a picture of a parade, you know, and it's good that Jeff mentioned all that, because I'm probably going to rain on the parade here in a minute, but um, <laughs> so it's good we could kind of enjoy that for the time we had. Um, and you know, the reality is, as Jesus was entering into Jerusalem, you know, a lot of the people didn't really understand what was going on. Um, even his own disciples had told him before, don't go, don't go. It's not going to be good. You, know, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't go in there because there's a good chance you know, you're going to get maybe crucified. I don't know if they thought crucified, but they knew he could be in big trouble if he went to Jerusalem. And, and so Jesus, on his, on his way to Jerusalem, was teaching his disciples. He was teaching them and trying to get them so that they could understand what was happening. The story of, of uh, right before he's headed into Jerusalem in, in Luke says that Jesus steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. You know, I believe that he knew what God had called him to do, and he steadfastly, he committed himself. You know, when, when, when you get that determination, you know, you know, some of us maybe get accused of being stubborn once in a while. And I always say stubbornness is good, when it's committed to doing what God wants. That we can be stubborn about that. We can be steadfastly set. We can say, you know what? This is what I believe God wants me to do. This is the direction I need to go. And that was Jesus' commitment to going to Jerusalem. He steadfastly set his face to go. Right before he, he got there, there's a story that I want to look at today in Matthew. In Matthew, the 20th chapter, it begins at the 17th verse. And it says, Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples aside on the road and said to them. So he's heading to Jerusalem, and he takes his twelve followers, and he says, Let's sit down a minute. I want to talk to you. And so he sets them down, and he says, Behold, we are going to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be betrayed by the chief priests and the scribes. They will condemn him to death. And deliver him to the Gentiles to mock, to scourge, and to crucify. And the third day he will rise again. Now that's, that right there is quite a bit to say in, the, in that little bit. He says, you know what? He says, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be mocked. I'm going to be condemned. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be crucified. And then I'm going to rise again. And, and it, he's trying to get his disciples to understand what's about to happen. And you know, if you're, if you're in a situation where you know something's about to happen, you can say, oh yeah, oh yeah. But you know, if you really don't understand it, you really don't know what's ahead. And I believe that was kind of the disciples here. You know, Jesus says, well, this is all going to happen. And I think they were kind of sitting there going, oh yeah, that'll be all right. And we find out later that, you know, they, they ran. You know, they ran when things got tough. You know, so they really didn't quite understand the full implication of what this meant at this time. But Jesus is trying to teach them and to explain what's coming. And, you know, they had, they had said, I don't think you ought to go. And then at, all of a sudden, a mother steps up. And in verse 20, then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, kneeling down and asked him something. And he said to her, what do you wish? And she said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and one on your left, in your kingdom. So now we got a picture. Here's a mother who says, Wow, he's going to be 
going to Jerusalem and he's going to establish a kingdom. He's going to be the king. She kind of thinks maybe he's going to defeat Rome. He's going to set up a government. So she asks the question. She says, how about when you get there and you set up your kingdom, if, uh, you know, my two sons, one could sit at your right hand, one at your left. You know, this, this lady is not getting at all what's going to happen. And she's saying, wow, this guy's going to come in and set up a new kingdom, which he'd been talking about all the time. He kept talking about a kingdom. I'm establishing my kingdom. So she thinks, wow, I want to make sure my sons get a good position in the government. You know, I want to make sure my sons have a position of favor. And so she's looking at it from an earthly standpoint and, and saying, wow, this is going to be good. And so Jesus then says to her, you don't know what you're asking. Jesus says, you do not understand. You don't understand what it takes to be part of my kingdom. You don't understand what's going to take place. You just don't understand what's happening. Because she's looking at it from an earthly standpoint. And Jesus is establishing a spiritual kingdom. And he's, he says that they're different. They're different. You know, as Christians, we're part of God's kingdom. And it's, it's hard to remember that sometimes because we function in a in a physical world, and we have governments, and we have societies, we have all kinds of things around us that tell us what to do and this and that. And for the Christian, I believe a lot of times it's important to remember that, yes, we're part of this world, but we also belong to a kingdom. We belong to a kingdom. We're part of a kingdom. And that kingdom has a king. And Jesus, as he came into Jerusalem, the people proclaimed him as king, even though at that time I'm not sure they really understood what they were saying. You know, but they still proclaimed him as a king. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know, and, and they were proclaiming a king, but they still were thinking earthly. They still weren't quite getting it. So Jesus goes on then to try to explain to this lady. He says, you don't know what you're, gonna, what you're asking. He said, are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and to be baptized with the baptism that I'm about to be baptized with? What Jesus says right here, he says, are you willing to go through what I'm going to go through? Are you, are, you, are you willing to go through? You know, I know you don't really get it, but he said, are you willing to drink from the cup that I'm going to drink of? Now, Jesus knows what's, going, what's coming. Okay, so his question is, are you willing? How many of times have you ever said, oh, yeah, I can do that? Have you ever said, I can do that to something, then you go, why did I say that? You know? Why did I, what did I get myself into? I think a lot of times it's good we don't know what we get ourselves into. I always kind of felt like God was a little bit that way. Um, I felt a lot of times God would get me to say I would do something, then I would be surprised by, well, I didn't know it was going to mean that. I didn't know that would happen. And that's a little bit what happens here. He says, are you able, and they said, oh yeah, we can do that. We can do that. And then Jesus says, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but is for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. So, you know, they said, oh yeah, we can do that. And then Jesus goes on now to explain a little bit what that means. He says, when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know the rulers of the Gentiles who lorded over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. 
Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So now Jesus says, you know, in my kingdom, he says to have authority, to have position in my kingdom, it's different than in the world. It's different than what you see. It's different than what people portray around you. He said, in my kingdom, he says, you've got to be able to suffer. You've got to be willing to suffer. You've got to be willing to pay a price. Used to, when I was younger, there was a song that was real familiar. It said, if you can't bear the cross, then you can't wear the crown. And I thought about that. I thought, wow, what a song. If you can't bear the cross, then you can't wear the crown. If you can't suffer, then you won't get the glory. You won't get what's coming after that. Jesus says you have to be willing to do that. He says, because it's not about positions, and it's not about having authority, but it's about serving. He says, my kingdom's different. It's different. You know, earlier he had said, if you want to be great in my kingdom, you need to be the servant of all. The servant of all. I always think about serving of all, you know. I like to serve if I can choose sometimes. If I can choose who I serve, that works a little easier, you know. But it says you've got to be willing to serve all. It's not a picking and choosing. It's not a picking. I'll serve people who are nice to me. I'll serve people who serve me. No, it's I will serve all. And so Jesus says, this is the picture to his disciples. This is the picture. You're going to be called to serve. You're going to be called to suffer. You're going to be called to go through things. You have to be willing to drink the cup that I'm going to drink. You have to be willing to do that. And I believe for all of us, you know, that's a, that's a big question. That's a big question. Are we willing? Are we willing to suffer ridicule? Are we willing to suffer condemnation? Are we willing to put others first? To give preference to others. The Bible also says that we're to give more honor to the weaker vessel. You know, we can give honor a lot of times and we give honor to people who we think deserve it. We give honor to people who accomplish something or get something. Jesus says we need to give honor to the weaker vessel. To the weaker vessel. And it also says to those who we deem as weaker vessels. So when we decide somebody maybe isn't what they ought to be or the way I think they ought to be. Usually it's they aren't the way I think they ought to be. That it's to those that we are to give more honor. More honor. And so that's why the kingdom of God is different than society. The kingdom of God is different than governments. You know, look at governments. You know, you look at our government. You know, what do people want? They're always for position. They're always for position. I believe there was a time, and I think you can still hear it now and then, and maybe they say it because it's the thing to say once in a while, but there was a time when they were called public servants. What a concept. Public servants. That people actually ran for office because they wanted to serve. I believe they were called public servants because I believe at that time early in our history, we had more biblical context to what our government was run like. And so consequently, people that ran for office were considered public servants. I'm not saying there aren't public servants nowadays. I'm saying maybe they're harder to find. 
that maybe now people are not wanting to be public servants, but maybe they're trying to find out what they can get. Or maybe a position or power. You know, we talk about why do people even run for office? I think you run for probably a couple reasons. Either selfishly, you want to run for position and power, or you run to serve. And I believe we're called to serve as Christians. As Christians, we're, we're different than the world. We're to be different than the world. And we have to realize that, you know, there's prices to pay for the things we have. You know, we talk about the freedom we have. Why do we have freedom in our country? We have freedom in our country because people paid a price. There was suffering. People suffered and died so that we could have freedom. And so there's prices to pay in life for what you get. Nothing's free and easy. You know, it's not. We, we have to become committed to what it is. And Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, then I want you to be committed to me. I want you to be committed. In Philippians, the second chapter, the, starting at the fifth verse, the Apostle Paul, I think he just explains it real well here in, in Philippians, the second chapter, the fifth verse. He says, let this mind be when you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So he says, we're to think like Jesus thought. In other words, back, back when Jesus said to his disciples, you know, you got to drink the cup that I'm going to drink from and be baptized with the baptism I'm going to be baptized with. So he says to us that we need to have that kind of mind in us. We need to think like him. And he says, Jesus thought like this. He says, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. It says we're to have that kind of a mind. We're to think the way Jesus thought. Jesus left his position in heaven, seating with his Father at the right hand, and he came to earth, and he came to earth for us. And he came to earth for us when we didn't deserve it. It wasn't become all of a sudden we were good enough. And he looked down and said, wow, they're in a pretty good place right now. I think I'll go down there. But he left his position and humbled himself and came to earth. And he came to earth to die on a cross for us, the Bible says, when we didn't deserve it. When we didn't deserve it, he came and gave himself. And he came to serve. And he served by giving himself completely for us. You know, and sometimes we have to say, well, how committed am I to this serving? Well, I'll serve if it's convenient, or I'll serve if, you know, it works out in my schedule, or I'll do it if it's comfortable, or I'll do it if somebody deserves it. You know, none of those apply to what Jesus did. But he came and made himself of no reputation. You know, he made himself of no reputation and committed himself to the cross. And so we have to decide, what are we willing to do? What are we willing to do? You know, to suffer and die. I think one of the hardest things we do is die to self. One of the hardest things to do is die to what I want to do. One of the hardest things to do is die to what I think, how I think things ought to be. 
Think about how many times you get frustrated because things aren't, things aren't the way you think they ought to be. You know, how many times do we get upset with somebody because they don't do what we think they ought to do? You know, and a lot of times we just need to realize we need to die to self. We need to die to self. I always figured out that I didn't always know what always was the right answer at the right time. I can always have an opinion. We all got an opinion. Everybody's got an opinion. But do we really know? Do we really know? Am I willing to give up my will? Am I willing to give up what I think? Am I willing to give up how I think it ought to be? How I think everybody should act? How I think everybody should act towards me? Am I willing to give that up? My desires? Am I willing to give up my comfort? You know that it's not always about us. I tell, you know, we talk a lot of times about when you come to church, and I think we do come to receive from, from God when we come to church. But we must never forget that it's not just about us when we come. It's not just about us. You know, it's about others. It's about worshiping Him. You know, that it, maybe I need, instead of thinking, well, what did I get today? I need to think about what did I give today? You know? Somebody asks you, how was church today? You say, well, it was okay. It was okay. I didn't really hear anything new. I didn't really, it was, it was all right. Maybe you missed it because you didn't give to somebody what you needed to give. That it's not just about me getting. And I realize that we do receive, but it's not just about us. It's not about us. It's not always about what do I get out of it, you know? If I'm going to do something, do I think, well, what am I going to get out of it? How's this going to benefit me? Or is this going to cost me something? Is this going to cost me something? Am I going to have to give? Am I going to have to give a lot? Am I going to have to get out of my comfort zone? You know, I love to be comfortable. I'm sorry. You know, most of us do. You know, I laughed with Paula a week ago. We were talking about the temperature in here. And I said, Paula, and when you got groups like this, you have about one to two degrees of fluctuation. If you fluctuate beyond that, people aren't comfortable. And it's true. The thermometer, you got about one or two degrees. And if you get much above that, people are going to get hot. If you got a little bit below it, they're going to complain it's cold. Because why? Because we like our comfort. You know, and we try to get it close, you know. So I say that so that, see, nobody will complain next week that it was cold or hot. <laughs> no. But, you know, it's true. It's true. I mean, we are so comfort-driven. We are so comfort-driven. When we go places and we, we see things, we want to make sure everything's going to make me comfortable. You know, we love our comfort. And there was nothing comfortable about Jesus going to a cross. And he has to say, he says to us, folks, that my comfort and your comfort is not his biggest desire. Now, that's not the biggest thing on his plan is to keep us comfortable. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I really believe sometimes that it's his desire to make us uncomfortable. Because you know what happens when we're uncomfortable? We'll start to think about things and maybe do things we wouldn't normally do. Wouldn't normally do. 
I think I've heard this story, and I, and I want to share it, but I think it's true, and if it's not, correct me after the service. But I think eagles, don't they, when they want the young to leave the nest, don't they make them uncomfortable? I think I've heard that, that they make them uncomfortable. You know, put a few sticks in there and prickers or whatever they do to go, man, I think I'm out of here. And you think about life. Isn't that sometimes how life is? Isn't that sometimes how life is? But boy, when I get uncomfortable, what do I want to start to do? I want to start to complain because my comfort's being affected. And I think once in a while, if we look back and we kind of look at it, we might go, maybe God was just trying to get me to do something I wouldn't normally do. That maybe God was just trying to get me to step out and do something out of my comfort zone. You know, he does want to get us out of our comfort zone. He wants to use us beyond ourselves. He wants to use us beyond ourselves. You know, Paul said, Paul said he came to the people in fear and trembling. And some of you say, I was joking with somebody this morning, but you know, some of you say, boy, I'd never get up front. Well, the apostle Paul had the same problem. He says he came with fear and trembling. But he says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And what he learned was that in those times when he can't and when he don't feel like he can, when he don't feel like he's equipped, that God will then come and give him what he needs to do what he asks him to do. That's uncomfortable. That's uncomfortable. But it's okay. It's okay. God asks us to do that. We have to be willing to be un misunderstood. You know, I don't like to be misunderstood. I want to make sure everybody knows exactly how I feel and exactly what I'm thinking, and they understand what I'm doing. I don't like to be misunderstood. I don't like to be ridiculed. But we have to look at Jesus. Who what, Was he misunderstood? Was he misunderstood when he said, I'm establishing a kingdom? He was completely misunderstood. He was misunderstood by the rulers who said, Wow, we got a problem. This guy's trying to take over our government. And Jesus wasn't doing it. He was establishing a kingdom. He wasn't, he wasn't trying. He said, leave, give to Caesar what Caesar's. He's trying to establish his kingdom. But he was misunderstood and ridiculed to the point of death. To the point of death. Most of us haven't been misunderstood and ridiculed to that point. We haven't been taken to that point. But we have to be willing to be misunderstood. We don't always have to defend ourselves. Matter of fact, sometimes I get tired and, you know, tired of defending myself. You know, it's like just I want to do what I want to do because I think this is what God's called me. I don't want to feel like I got to defend myself. And I think we need to be where we don't always have to defend ourselves or worry about being misunderstood. You know, because we can spend a lot of time and energy trying to make sure people understand. And if you've ever been in a situation like that, when you're all done, did they understand because you took all the effort? A lot of times, no. They still didn't understand. So we have to be willing to die, to suffer. Because if we don't, then we can't get to where God wants us. You know, if we want to be like Jesus, we can't be like him without suffering. You know, it says that we're to have the same mind that he had. And he said to his disciples, look, this is what's going to happen. Can you drink the cup that I'm going to drink? Can you do this? Can, can you, are you willing to suffer? You know, we don't, we don't know 
And, you know, most of us up to this point, we have never suffered like that. You know, we don't really know what suffering is pretty much. Once in a while, somebody may call us a name or something, but that's about as far as it goes. But, you know, Jesus says, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to pay that price? Because there is a price to pay. There is a price to pay. In Galatians, the, the second chapter, the 20th verse. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The Apostle Paul wasn't crucified with Christ. He, didn't, he, didn't, he wasn't on a cross with Jesus. But he said, I have been crucified with Christ. I'm willing to die to self. I'm willing to crucify my flesh. I've been crucified with, with Christ. And it's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. The Bible says when we're born again, we're born of his spirit, and the spirit of God dwells in us. So Christ is in me. And because Christ is in me, now the life which I live in the flesh, I'm still here. You know, your life that you live in the flesh, as long as you're alive and breathing, you're still here. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. I live by faith. This life that I live, because he died for me, and I'm willing to die to self and accept what he's done for me, then this life which I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, there's a tendency in our lives, and I, nothing wrong with enjoying, enjoying the Palm Sundays. You know, I think we should enjoy Palm Sunday. You know, I share this message because I think that the reality is that there was a lot going on during Palm Sunday. And there was a lot going on before Jesus rose again. Next Sunday, we're going to celebrate Easter. You know, that's a joyous time because now he rose. But in between that, he was mocked, beaten, made fun of, crucified, so that he could get to the resurrection. There was no shortcut. There's no shortcut for us in our lives. You know, there's no shortcut. Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, then you have to be willing to drink the cup that I drink. You have to be willing to suffer. You have to be willing to pay a price. You have to be willing to give up sometimes. Give up your comfort. Give up what I think is right. Give up what I, how I think things ought to be. We have to be willing to follow him. We have to be willing to allow him to be Lord of our life. To be the one that says, this is what I want you to do. We even have to be willing to consider that he has a plan for us sometimes. Maybe sometimes in life we get so busy saying, well, this is what I'm going to do, and this is what I'm going to do, and this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do this. We at least ought to step back and say, Lord, what is it you want me to do? What is it you want me to do? Guide me. Show me. Help me to live by faith. If you always plan your life and you always know where you're going and you got everything plotted out, then you don't need any faith. 
because you've made all the plans. It takes faith to then say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And that's how he says. He says, I want you to live by faith in the Son of God who loved you and gave himself up for you. So next Sunday, we celebrate the resurrection. The greatest thing that ever happened in Christianity was Jesus rising from the dead. If he died and stayed in that grave, we have no hope. We have no hope. I mean, if he dies, and that's a, he died for us and shed his blood for us, but if he dies and doesn't get out of that grave, if he doesn't rise again, there is no hope. Because you and I can do that. You and I can get on a cross, and we can die, and we can be put in a grave. We can do that. But we can't rise again. Now, Jesus was the one that could rise again. But because he rose again, now we can live. Now we can live. So we celebrate Easter. We celebrate it. But you don't have Easter without the cross. There is no Easter without the cross. People have often said to me, I wish I'd see somebody raised from the dead sometime. And I'll say, hey, that'd be wonderful. We just got to figure out who's willing to die first. You know? There's no raising somebody from the dead unless somebody dies. You know? And that's kind of the same way with this, you know? There's no resurrection unless there's a death. And so as we live, as we live by faith, as we live in the resurrection, we have to remember that it's only by willing to die that we can get there. Die to self and accepting what he's done for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go through this time of year when we remember what you've done for us, Lord, do we remember that you came to this earth, you gave up your position, and you came to this earth, and you died for us when we didn't deserve it. And Lord, because you did that, and you rose from the dead, we now can have life. And then we can live our life by faith in the Son of God. And we can walk in hope. We can walk in victory. No matter what's going on around us, no matter our circumstances, no matter what's happening, we still have that hope and the victory that we have because of what you've done for us. So Lord, help us remember that we walk in your kingdom. That we're part of your kingdom, even though we're in a world that sometimes frustrates us and things go on around us that we don't always understand. That Lord, we're part of your kingdom. And Lord, help us to walk in that. Help us to remember that we have victory over death because of what you've done for us and that you rose from the dead. So Lord, as we go about our week, Lord, help us to be willing to serve. Help us to be willing to see those that, that we might reach out to and, and encourage, that we might reach out to and help in some way. Those we might share words of encouragement or we might share your word, and they might have life because of what you've done for them. So, Lord, just help us to be open to allow you to work through us. And, Lord, I pray if anyone this morning, if there's anyone here that's never made a decision to accept you as their Savior, that, Lord, you would encourage them to do that today. Lord, help them to have the courage to make that decision and maybe come down front and share it with um, Tom and Pam as they pray or, or just stop and talk to me or Whatever it is, Lord, you just encourage them to make that decision to surrender their life to you 
and accept what you've done for them when you shed your blood on the cross and paid for their sin. So, Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, as we go forth, help us to go forth in your love and in your grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You are dismissed and be blessed.